morning. Good evening. No, it's good. Good evening. Good afternoon. Late afternoon. On a Friday, the February eighteenth. Welcome to the See Where It Goes podcast, where we hit record and see where it goes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. We're still alive in the state of Texas, believe it or not. Yes, this we are in San Antonio, Texas, and it's been a rough week. Yeah, it's been not so rough for us. Not for but us, no. Again, rough true. for a lot of our fellow Texans and. I guess people are having really cold weather all over this, the they United are. States. They just have grids that right work. Right now? Yeah. Right, they have grids that work. So I found out something interesting about our... Uh, on the news, I guess, there's a couple of stories going around as to why yeah. Texas fell apart during this. And, well, the consensus is, is that no one power uh, source was equipped to handle the cold. Yeah. So we have coal... Natural gas, we have uh, wind and solar, and do we have anything else? What did you say? Uh, so we have wind, o- wind, solar, natural gas, natural oil, gas, and coal, and oil, and oil. Is that the same thing? Natural gas and oil. I don't know. Okay, I was wondering well, the same that, we'll thing. We'll put those in the same category. But anyway, none of those, none of those are equipped to back up the other. If something fails, oh, yeah. yeah. So therefore, if one of them, and they all had problems, right? But there's this conversation, I guess, going on that people are blaming the wind turbines. Right. But this is what I heard today. That, and it's because, you know, maybe there are people out there who don't believe in climate change or whatever. But if you have wind turbines in these really cold countries that use a lot of wind power, they actually have heaters on the turbines. Yeah. So I'm guessing... That none of our turbines here in Texas have heaters on them. Have heaters on them, Just and like actually of, they don't. Some of our houses don't have heaters on them. Right, so they don't have turbines. So, but why would you blame? I wonder why people are deciding to blame, um, just the wind turbines, for that. Like, I wonder how much of our power comes from wind. Well, I thought ten percent at Which the most. Is, oh, well, that's, that's wind, not... wind and solar. I heard were. Equal ten percent. Oh, okay. Well, then you. How can you blame the whole thing on wind? That's well, so, just... well, if that's my guess, is if that's true that it's ten percent comes from uh-huh. wind, and and solar, then because it fits your narrative. Right. It fits your narrative. Yeah. If again, you know, we're not experts who have all week to be looking at this stuff, but so believe. we could be, you know, this, this data yeah. could be wrong. But well, I learned a little bit about our grid. I didn't know that all Texas. I didn't know that Texas was separate. From the like, we don't get any backup energy from the federal government. We don't get any backup energy from other states. Tiny bit, I think we can a tiny bit, but not not enough to write home right. about. Because our because Texans can pick their energy source. Right. They can uh, so therefore our energy sector is competitive with one another, uh, and and it's deregulated, which is also uh, for the companies themselves. I guess deregulation can be a good thing that's the argument right yeah but then in this case deregulation potentially could have been harmful yeah for texas right but anyway hopefully um they will have learned something from this and fix it but i i heard there was another event in like 2011 and before that uh, that they were supposed to have learned from that event. I don't remember what happened. Or no, I don't even remember. I don't know what happened. I didn't catch the event. But I guess this is not the first time that Texas has had a major malfunction in this sort of way. 
Not this big, yeah. though. Here's, anyway. a, here's what's probably going to happen, because it happens all the time, I think, just from my life in the corporate sector. Uh, a big event happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get pissed off. We have to change. We might even do a retrospective on what went wrong, what could be better. We might even come up with an idea how to fix it. But then other life happens and then the public moves on and other people move on yeah. and nobody stays with the problem and prioritizes getting that done. Right. Like like there's not a section of our budget or of our, our time where it's like, hey, remember we need to fix that because it's going to mm-hmm. happen again. And then, and if it's something like we're not going to see cold weather again for 10 years or 15 years, um, it, it just loses priority. It's priority right. one, but then then it just drops down and nothing ever, nobody's, it's, it's really hard to stick with it and to say, hey, are we following that up on those fixes to the wind turbines? Are we following up on these fixes we said we would do on blah, blah, right. blah? Like, I, just, I, do th- I think San Antonio will. I think these cities though, yeah. Do you think like if you're a blue city, do you think that the leadership of a blue city would fix would it? Would prioritize it? I if think it had so. A, but if you had, yeah, but what do you think? Do you think it would be a different response to a situation? I mean, I don't know. Part of it's human nature. I just think that um, something that's a priority today, it just loses priority and it loses visibility and then people yeah. stop caring and we move on and it'll be 100 degrees in a few weeks and we'll have forgotten that what it was like so. to be cold. I and, think I think I like our mayor. Yeah. You think he'll stick with it? Maybe. I hope he does stick with it. I don't know. I think he seems like the kind of person that would stick with it. Yeah. You know? And I I say that because we just went through a thing at work where we came up with all these ideas to make things better. And usually nobody asks. One guy said, where are we at with that? We said we Mm -hmm. we just invested two hours doing root cause analysis. Uh, Where is someone tracking that? Yeah. And it's like, I I was so glad he asked. I said, thanks for Mm -hmm. asking. We need more people caring. Like, what if the public once a month wrote to their senator and said, where are we at with fixing that winter stuff? And everyone called once a month. Then it would get done. But I think everyone just kind of moves on and, yeah. it, and it doesn't get dressed. But I hope I'm wrong. But I do think part of the problem is human nature. It's, it's just that we move on to the next thing we have to deal with and then the past is forgotten. And especially, it'd be different now in Chicago, right? You don't get away with Chicago because winter's coming. Whereas oh here, God, you know, winter's coming, but it might not be for another to... 15, 20 years. Right. Well, yeah, you, but you don't want to face this again in the future. No, well, you don't, yeah. Um, right. Anyway, so I think, it, do you think any Texans thought it was really cool? Maybe like if you were a person who had never experienced snow or yeah, winter, do you think that Sunday, was probably yeah. really Sunday morning was really great. cool. And then it, then it, then we started, then things started going south, right? With the and then what was the power. other day that was really pretty was yesterday. Yesterday it was very nice, It snowed all yeah. day yesterday. On Sunday, we, were, really we nice. were out with Maggie and the other dog. A lot of dogs yeah. out there had never seen snow. They were going nuts. It was fun to see a collection of dogs. Yeah. I think Brutus is the only one. He's a Denver dog. But other than that, Mocha, Mocha, Mocha Latte. Uh, What's the name of the dog? What is her name? Ventilate. Ventilate. I don't think she... He we have a dog. Ever, She's a... What is she? A doodle? A poodle. doodle. A poodle. Poodle doodle. Doodle. I don't know. She's like a white poodle doodle. I don't know. So Her were, name is Ventilati. She's super prissy. So they were, uh, Maggie just bolted towards them. We let her off the leash. And of course she didn't see this. She didn't see the sidewalk. Yeah. Because it was covered in snow. And she hit it and then she tumbled. And But that was yeah. fun. It was, it's nice to see a place that's white. That's, you never see white. So that's been nice. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, I'm totally over the winter. Yeah. And this just really confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. 
But we were lucky because we didn't lose power. We didn't lose water. Although we did lose water pressure once. And because of that, then we have to... I guess we have to boil our water until they say otherwise. And that was really the only downside for us. And then not being able to obviously go places. But we didn't. We weren't really without anything. We, you know. No, it was. It was. So it wasn't we, too bad. We were very fortunate. But you know, there were people. My fam- One person in my family. There, all their pipes in their house burst. Yeah. Which is terrible. And. Um, think maybe that was the only bad casualty yeah our family you know with a lot of people at work we lost the whole week at work yeah most people just did they had cell phones they could barely mm-hmm. charge all they could do was have meetings over the phone yeah but for the most part it was hard for people yeah I mean, one guy some said people were getting he, in the car to get warm and one guy's like one of the you know one of our executives like if if i get power it's just enough to boil water right so i'm not gonna be calling to meetings and stuff but it's like um you know what I was thinking of also was this morning the 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 they had the police chief sorry the fire chief on the radio and he said he gave a shout out to all the fire um, department people mm-hmm. and he was just saying you know they're out there all the time coming in early working long hours when when their yeah. homes are without power right where their homes are without food and water but they can't mm-hmm. address that because they're serving the public and right. it just made me realize like that's um just the importance of public servants at this time right police and fire departments and medical who are out there like this woman in houston was was at a medical facility for days straight came home to a flooded apartment it's like imagine the pressure yeah so a shout if you are one of those people thank you so much for you for all your service yeah thank you to all first responders yeah well you had mentioned something else too about you know people who want to defund the police yeah so when you make an argument like defunding the police, you have to realize that you're defunding an, an entity that although it is problematic and has some issues that need to be worked on, you're defunding, asking to defund an entity that does all kinds of stuff. And I Especially want, yeah. like, you know, look at that wreck in Fort Worth. Right. I mean, there were it was a hundred car pileup on the freeway yeah and there were people still having wrecks throughout this week here in san antonio but if you if you defund the police i mean they're a huge part of uh responding to things like that yeah yeah and uh you know imagine if you're an elderly person or whatever and you lose your power you lose water you know, you're going to need to call somebody. Like, who would you call? Well, well. so here's part of the problem. Def- it's just the term you know? defund the police is such a bad marketing term. Well, Surely you... they can't mean what that sounds like. I don't think it means what that sounds like. I think like. some people do well, believe, of de- yeah. do or did... Yeah. Want to completely defund the police. Yeah, that's... because uh, So their 911 calls went from 3,000... I don't know if it's a day or... How they measure that? So three thousand to it doubled. So it went from three thousand yeah. to six thousand over the storm. Wow! And that's all winter related. I need you to help me. I'm stuck. Yeah. Uh, right. So where? Yeah. Where did those calls go? My mm-hmm. understanding is that defunding police. They 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 mean redistributing funds to different places. So if you have a domestic problem, you know the guy that with a gun doesn't turn up. Someone else turns up. Or right. But I mean. Um, you would have you would have to set up all these other systems. You'd have to figure that out, wouldn't you? 
Like, right, okay. because then who would respond? You would only have firefighters responding to certain things. And then the police, if you defund them and you don't have them responding to things, then would you have to have more fire departments or who? Yeah, I, I don't know. Who I would wonder. respond to things like, you know. I don't know how that would work. An event where I'm stuck in my house and I can't get out. I'm 80 years old and I'm going to fall on the ice if I walk outside. Because right like, now you call 911. They're going to either right, send, they're going to send police or they're going to send the, the fire department. Yeah. It's really two choices. But I, yeah. I'm guessing the defund the police, they now probably have tons of categories where based on your call, the person at 911 has to decide who they're sending over. Yeah. I think that would be a nightmare. Now they have to pick between maybe 15 different departments based on your problem. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how it work, would work. Anyway. Anyway. I so guess that's anyway, as much as we're going to get into that. It is beautiful right now. It The sun is out. No, you can't go back. You can't. It's yeah, gorgeous. You were talking and, about this. Yeah. And the next week, the weather's going to be... It's 46 right now. And the, the upcoming week is going to be in the 60s. Yeah, pretty much in the 60s all week. So, there was something else that happened this week that you told me about, what, day before yesterday? Yesterday. Today. Yesterday, I told you. You told me yesterday? And when yes. did it break? When did the news break? I think break? It just it's about in the last few weeks. So, Brian, I wish we could play music and there wasn't like a such thing as copyright because right now I'd want to play the song Another One Bites the Dust. Another One Bites the Dust. Can you sing it? Is it Another One Gone or Another One Down? I don't remember. Can you sing another it? Maybe we can sing it ourselves. Hey, hey I'm going to get you too. Another one bites the dust. I don't even know if I have the lyrics right, yeah. you guys. But anyway, because another one bit the dust this week. Who bit the dust, Brian? A gentleman called, uh, called uh, Ravi Zachariah. He has passed on. He was an Indian American man. he died man. like, what, two years ago yeah. or a year and a half ago? He was the head of Ravi Zachariah, Zachariah's Ministries, Massive Ministry. And uh, probably 80 years old, maybe in the 70s when he passed away of cancer. And um, I, he was a uh, not quite a minister. We would call him a apologist, which is a term for somebody who, who um, is is it like def- defending the Christian faith, who has has philosophical background, who can who can give intellectual arguments for for faith and specifically Christian faith and, and specifically I, I, I'd say the Protestant evangelical faith was his background so he went around the world and um, did conferences was on shows and, 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 and anyway that's that's it so that's yeah. who he is yeah well when I was an early Christian I listened to him a lot I think he had a radio show on Moody yeah Moody Radio in Chicago and I loved him and I think I even read probably read some of his books or had like tape series or whatever because right. I was really big into apologetics. Yeah. Even way back, I think maybe even before I met you. Um, but yeah, so he was an apolog- an apologist and so he would basically take any arguments for or against Christianity and like break them down and you know, basically defend the Christian faith. And so, well, he's bit the dust now in in the literal sense that he's physically dead. He bit the dust. And then his whole ministry, empire, and spiritual foundation or spiritual reputation uh, and career, or whatever you want to call it, also bit the dust. Because 
What was he doing, Brian? Can you imagine anything that a preacher would be doing that he's not supposed to be doing? What was this man doing? Well, well he was. He had. He had. He had back problems. And, oh, uh, he had back problems. That wasn't what he was doing. He had back problems, so he yeah. he paid for a he paid for a um, massage parlor. He bought a massage parlor. Yeah. In there down the street, but he then and, he he ended up buying many around the world, India and blah, so on and so forth. Okay, so not just like a massage. So it was massage therapy. Therapist. He was, well, that's the, what he said initially. He was going for his yeah. massage therapy, which he could have been going for, but which then is nothing it, wrong if he wanted to go have a massage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go have a massage. There's well, nothing so wrong with getting a massage. He had his back massage, and then he had his front massage, and then you can kind of he put two and two together. Everything massaged, you guys. Yeah. So there was that. There was also, I think, um, that was happening. So he's sleeping with women, basically, in these massage parlors. Yeah, but I, it gets a little worse. He was he was supporting these women, like in some cases overseas, he was financing their lives, like paying for wow. their apartments and so on. Well, I think one woman resisted him and said, "No, this isn't right." And um, and this is the worst part. He said, "If you turn me down, or if you rat me out and ruin my name, could you uh, all the potential millions of souls who could come to faith will be lost because of you?" Oh my gosh! A pretty horrible thing to say to someone. That is so wrong. So, uh, so that's kind of coming up. Um, and uh, I mean, they're still writing about it. I'm to, not. Were to, you surprised? Today. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised anymore. In fact, I expect it. I'm just, I just wait now. I just wait. And that's a terrible thing to say. But it's just like, come on already. If he wanted to sleep with a bunch of women, why didn't he just like stop being a a minister and just do that? Yeah. Go live his life somewhere in Malaysia or wherever he had all his massage parlors and just live your life and not claim to be something you aren't and then ask people to do something live a certain way that you're not living yeah it's, it's pretty sad um, you know what i mean and uh what's you know, i'm not sure where to go next with this um well i mean it's just something that happens i read i was reading a book i forget which book this was from but basically it showed that if you make sexual things taboo like in all those states that are like the red states the bible belt states they have the highest internet consumption of porn of all the states and the theory is when you tell people that you can't do something or you need to stay away from something it makes it even more alluring to them Hmm. and they want it even more more you know I, I was also told that um children of 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 i think of southern baptists had the highest likelihood of becoming or abusing alcohol really yeah why maybe, did they say that i don't know maybe the same reason oh, you because it's to, uh, you're not supposed to drink it's a it. teetotaler mindset or not, there was that joke that used to be um uh, there was some joke about it's like an internal joke about if you go drink um uh, i can't remember Oh, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place is because I'm looking, trying to look for these Ravi Zachariah articles because I, I feel like I'm unprepared to speak to it. But that's okay. But this is to see where, you well, goes, where it goes. Um, well, I mean, it's just amazing. Like, so I don't know. It's, it's a common thing for churches and ministers to hide. We were yeah. talking about this 
we were talking about it this morning. Yeah, a good place to hide if you is under Jesus because right, inside right. the church because people think, religion. well, they're, they're good people, you know, right. so let me hide there, hide my stuff right. there. Yeah, it's 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 sad because like his response to that, well, this is a guy who knows the Bible and intellectually knows it all, and he's hiding this double life. That's it's like so did crazy. it did it not rub did this whole thing not rub off on you? Like what went no. so wrong that that everything you're teaching, the very heart of Jesus, the way you're talking to that woman and you it's the most horrible thing you can do to her is like you've just put the oh. pressure of souls on her. Talk about gaslighting. Right. Well, this is what we were talking about. We were talking about reputation over the Prote- victim. Protecting the reputation, protecting the entity over the over the victim. We were talking about that, yeah. We were right. saying Pro- Jesus never did that. Right, Jesus, I think Jesus well, there would no, have... There was no entity to, he to didn't, protect. He never protected any type of... Um, well, like he wasn't going in and like trying to protect the Pharisees and the Sadducees. No. Or the religious order of the day. Like, Not at all. If anything, even though realizing that they were trying to... They were trying to be holy. Yeah. And live life a certain way. And they were very concerned about the rules. Yeah. You have to realize that... The rules. Many Christian sects are very, very focused on the rules. rules. Right. And Jesus didn't seem to be as focused on rules. He seemed to be more focused on people. Yeah, right. And and on the victim. Like, he wasn't giving... He really didn't lecture people that much on what they were doing. You know? Yeah. Um, like the woman who was caught in adultery or prostitution or whatever, they're... I don't remember there being any like long-winded lectures or condemnation or judgment. It just go sin no more. You know. Or I don't. Who, uh, um, I don't condemn you. Go sin no more. Um, you know what's interesting about that story about the woman caught in adultery? We were Vida across the way mentioned something I'd never caught was where was the guy she was caught in adultery exactly. with? Exactly. Like why wasn't he dragged by the Pharisees? Forward? See, that's questionable about questionable about the Bible. Why is that? Because why wouldn't it bring that up? Well, first of all, a good point you make there. We're not sure if that's even in the Bible. That's one of two passages in the in the gospel paragraph sections. I mean, big sections that may not have been in the original. Well, then why is it in there? Because it it, it's, it was found in later manuscripts, like from the third, fourth century on, and it's been remained in our. So it in wasn't in the early. There's no trace of the woman caught in adultery in early manuscripts of the New Testament. So it, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. We just wasn't there. So it could have happened, and some scribes added it in, or they just made it up. We don't know. But like they they were teaching us in seminary, um, if you preach on this, you you got to be honest with people and say, hey, this may not have happened. Which is fascinating that I took a seminary degree to figure to to see that it says it in my Bible. This may, yeah. this this isn't an early. Well, it says this is not an early manuscripts. So anyway, I wanted to say that about that, but also, I'm not like. Okay, just say it was. Mm-hmm. Forget that part. What's your beef with it? Well, no, I'm just wondering, like, well, I guess it's fine if you put it in there and you say, and you make it very clear that this may not have been in the original yeah. transcript or whatever, but, before but to I choose said that, to be, put it in. Oh, yeah, well, that's a whole other, that's a, that could be, leave it. That's, that could be scribal error. Because I think some Bibles, I've had quite a few Bibles in my life. Yeah. And... If you don't have like a study Bible, like if you just have a regular King James Version Bible. It doesn't mention it there. It will not tell you that. Do, do you want to do it? Should we do a quick, uh, uh, there's a term for a textual criticism thing on why that happened. I'm going to give 
If you want to, go for it. Well, well okay, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be one minute. Okay. Okay. So the way that happens is the, the, there's early manuscripts that appear in the Middle East, right? Mm-hmm. But over time, they get copied. And when I say copied, like people make it sound like, oh, it's a copy of a copy of a copy, and it's completely lost in translation. It's really, really not quite like that. There, there are a lot of modern manuscripts that we see are, um, you know, point will point back. Did you need something, sweetie? Is so, it iPad? No. Oh, counter. I don't. Sorry. Um, a lot of early manuscripts so okay so you have these early manuscripts first century second century happening and what happens is they get copied what i was trying to say was they get copied but the copying of a jewish rabbi is meticulous like it's mm-hmm. it's they are not mistakes are made but they're very meticulous how they do it mm-hmm. but sometimes you know notes are made in margins and there's confusion like well was that a margin in a note or, or blah 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 anyway w- what i wanted to say is um there's three different families it's like it's like the, the tree that grows. It has three branches that grow mm-hmm. out. So you have three different families of these texts, and some yeah. end up in Alexandria. Some are Western. Some are there's a third one. Can you not come in? It's just I distracting. Say anything. Okay, we're recording it's a podcast. Just, it's Hello, distracting. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Was there a note on the door? No. no. Okay. Can you lock that behind you? Thank you. That that was me being caught in action, being a little a little rude. What do you mean? Well, it was a little rough with her, but you know, it's frustrating, isn't it? Well, she was rude coming in. She knew what we were doing, Did and she? she just barges in okay. again. Well, she doesn't listen to this podcast, does she? No. No, we can say that. Okay, so I'm going to keep this short. The point is that there's three different um, branches that branch off, and what happens is uh, they all they change slightly in their nature. If, mm-hmm. It's hard to give the image, but just like any, if, if you had three main branches, they all go their own separate ways. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened to these three different families of texts. The King James Version is one of those families. Yeah. And um, But there's others. So what you do is you go find all the leaves and then mm-hmm. you put them together and then you say, hey, there is some similarities here. So my point is on one of those branches, this story probably appears, but it doesn't appear in the other two branches that are, oh, okay. they're kind of geographical branches. Okay. I don't know. It's good to see your face because if you're glazing over, other people are at this point. Am I glazing over? Just slightly, but it's good. That's a good. Um, that's a good no. visual for oh, me. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't sure if it was born. Anyway, what was my point there? Oh, so if, just say it was in there, though. Mm-hmm. Just say it was. Well, no. I, I let me go back for a sec. You're saying it doesn't get called out in King James that this part was. Well, there are not. certain Bibles that you know, if you're just like the average person, which most Christians are. Yeah. Not that many people go to seminary, right? And not that, and not all preachers have seminary degrees where they know this stuff, right? Right. So, or that they even bother to look it up, right? And so you're yeah. just, you're thinking the whole time that this is in the Bible, correct? You know? Yeah. And there, there could potentially, what if there are other things? Isn't there another passage at the end of yeah. Matthew, like picking up snakes or yes, something? Correct. Yeah, that's the other. That big one. one may not be actually in the Bible either. Right, correct. That's and the that's two big a ones. huge. That's a huge thing. It's used the snake in the yeah, you're United right. Pentecostal Church. The snake hand. They, do they do snake handling? Well, no, the like the old fashioned, the old fashioned snake handlers. Yeah. You know, back in the day, but but even but if even has, if it was, do they not get the idea of metaphor? No. You will pick up snakes like there's not. No, they don't. Okay, They're okay. Idiots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, you do. You have like my parents are my parents are very smart people. My mom and my dad were both very smart people. Okay, 
Neither one of them has a high school degree. Yeah. A high school diploma or whatever. They're smart but uneducated. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are uneducated. And there are a lot of people who, you know, have lived and breathed the Bible their whole life. They don't, they just don't like choose to learn beyond the scope of where they live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I grew up in a small town and I decided to leave that small town. Well, basically I had to get out because it was horrible living there. Uh, Not necessarily the town, but you know, my growing up circumstances, but if you always stay in like a place where you're never exposed to anything else. So like you grow up with the King James Bible, right? That's what's getting preached from from the pulpit every Sunday. Yeah. And because, you know, certain sects of Christianity, they only... King James only, yeah. It'll be King James only. And then if you never think in your mind, oh... Let me look into this or that, or let me travel to this place or form a relationship with this type of person who has this different viewpoint. You never evolve. Right. You never become more educated. People could stand behind a pulpit and tell you whatever they want to tell you, and you just believe it. And you listen to this stuff year after year. Yeah. And I, I mean, I shouldn't call people idiots. Right, yeah. Because that's wrong to we'll call people... make it one people, star. It's wrong to call people idiots. But I just... The world is so big and there's so many things to think about. Just for me, I just can't fathom that whole thing of just thinking just one thing my whole life. You know, and never wondering about... I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I, I put my phone down there. I was looking at looking for something. So there. I know you were you were on your phone. But it was related but, to this. I was trying to find that actually. The, what I was trying to find was that the the a modern translation does call out those two sections. Right. Like if you, I remember getting a life application Bible. Yeah. When I became an evangelical Christian. Yeah. And those things were fascinating. Right. Because you have notes on the bottom. Really, they, they just, I felt they negated my seminary degree. If, if people have that, what do they need me for? Well, That's not quite true. There's things you love. Well, you, learned, you learned a lot more in seminary I did, yeah, that yeah. I think is in the Life Application I, I would, yeah, Bible. I would agree. But the Life Application Bible was eye-opening. It was good. You know what, though? It was good. But there was times where it just didn't work. Like, you know, they'd ask you the weirdest questions. You know, like, uh, I don't know, for example, Old Testament... Um, Thou shalt not eat shrimp. Do you like shrimp? Isn't the Would they being, really? No, I'm being silly. But my point is that there be some weird scripture where, like, uh, okay, for so for example, Jesus says, "Turn the other cheek." Life application study notes say, "Is this hard for you?" Or whatever. They're trying to apply it to your life, right? And that that makes sense there. But there's times where they try to apply it. It's like it's not working, bro. Just just don't ask the question. So right. Well, because it, it be is called weird... life application, but they yeah. also would. They would help you apply it, but they would also give you background information. No, That's that, more that, what I'm yeah, talking gotcha. about. And that was very helpful, yeah. Is the background information because... But then they were trying to... After that, they try to apply it to your life. Oh, this is what I was going to say. I just say. prefer the study Bible. Show me the background. Let me yeah. figure out how can I apply that. Because some preachers growing up, this is how they would preach, right? They would pray and yeah. they would say, Oh God, you know, I want you to show me the verse that you want to pray up, 
pray about, uh, preach on. So then it's kind of like this spiritual dance where they're trying to figure out, you know, what they're supposed to preach about. And then when they get that, you know, magical cue from, from the Holy Ghost or whatever that they figure out what they're going to preach on. And then they, they do like, um, my dad would like read the verse yeah, and then he would come up with a title of it and then he would make up a whole sermon based on the theme of that verse or on a story. Like he, he didn't like, they weren't looking into the backgrounds of the languages. They weren't looking (laughs) into the context of what happened during the day. It was like topical. So like, would he just go one verse and jam on that for an hour? He could, or he might use like three or four verses. And how much of that was actually, would he, because that's common where you start with a verse and you just go off and do your own thing. Right. But it was more like esoteric. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, this one guy at a Pentecostal church in Texas, he was talking about some passage from the Old Testament where the watchman was on the wall. Maybe it was when Nehemiah was, they were building the wall around the yeah. the city again, in the book of Nehemiah. But there was a watchman on the wall. And then the preacher took that to be that he was the watchman on the wall and that he was watching over his congregation. Like things like that. No, that's, that's, just I've like, heard that before. What did that, what did that look like to watch over his congregation? I don't know that he was like their spiritual leader and, um, you know, making sure that everybody was spiritually fed and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But and that, that's really, you could, that wouldn't be the scripture I'd pull. You just better scriptures to pull for that. Right. But it's a very leaders. different way. Like in, there are other churches that preach more, what's it called? Expository. Yeah. You go line and by teaching, line. teaching. Right. right. Yeah. Which to me is like a better way. Yeah. To teach from the Bible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It made more sense. Right. Because it's like, okay, here's this verse from the Bible. This is the book it's from. This is who wrote the book. This is when it was written. Yeah. This is who he was speaking to. This is what was going on during that time. Right. And then you go into all that other stuff. Whereas like when I grew up, all that stuff. That's out the window. Was kind of missing. You might get some of that here and there, but you didn't really. Yeah, the problem is you get. They were just like a bunch of hillbillies. Well, the problem there is that you you you've got to get a lot of repetition. Then you're going to get a lot of repetition. It is a lot. It was all because you're not you know. Yeah. I mean, it was the you, same message over and over and over and over. Does that not get boring after a while? Well, when you're there, you don't because it's a drug. So, because you're getting all hyped up, right? Right, you're getting all... Right, right. You know, the so end kind of the of world off, is coming. You're feeding off the crowd there. and uh... Right. Can I go back to the woman caught in adultery? Sure. Um, uh, well, we don't have to go back there. Well, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else cool from your week? Uh, did we want to... We, we were kind of... We, that was quite a trail, which was... I enjoyed it. Oh, you did? Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. We started with Ravi Zachariah. We can get back to that if we feel like we need to. Okay, who's next? Because you know there's going to be another one. Well, I'm not going to. I don't think we should predict. Coming down. <laughs> I don't think we should predict. <laughs> Let me tell you, oh what else on my week? I always wonder. This is so sick. My mind is terrible. Yeah. But I always wonder, who is it? 
who's the dirty old fart that's doing something that they should not be doing? Yeah. Because you know they're out there. Yeah. Well, you know? could, well you had said about uh, Ravi, like, why doesn't he just go be honest and right, leave, leave the honest. ministry and go sleep with if those women? you want to be a horn dog. Oh, he also don't said, want to be married. He said to the woman, he deserved this because he worked oh, so hard for the Lord. Oh, he deserves it because he worked hard for the Lord. Interesting. He should have been Muslim. Well, you know. So if what? he's Muslim, yeah. then when he, he could have been like a, he could have been a, a suicide bomber and they would have gotten a hundred virgins. That would have been perfect for him. Okay, that's a bit out of the right field there. but. Well, no, I'm just saying if that's what he wanted, <laughs> obviously he wanted sex. Yeah. Or he should have just not. Well, why would he? Why would he kill people and then go to heaven with virgins? Why Wasn't he, he married? Was what? he married, or was his wife? I, did I, she passed away? I, I, I don't know. Can you imagine know. if he had children? So what do you do about it now? So you're, they're all embarrassed. Uh, the ministry sunk, um, and uh, well, you know, here's okay. That's the wrong question. Here's the sad part. All the focus is on him and not enough on the victims. Now we don't know the victims' names, but like. There, why is there more like a lot of these women they were women well, hopefully of strong they will faith sue the, well, hopefully the, they will sue the, the ministry yeah well yeah I would well, I, mean, I would sure sue like get you get, get get your legal due course but um but like a lot of these women were women of strong faith and in some cases they've left the faith completely could you really still be a Christian well sure you if could you would, just, like you would a, look at him and say he's a scumbag and, and I think a lot of these women were taking the blame themselves. Like, what did I do Well, wrong? he was manipulating them. Absolutely was. But it's just sad that now all the focus is on him and not on them. I mean, it needs to be on people like him because you got to figure out why does that happen? Why does that go on? Here's my thought, though, on why that goes on. Because weak men don't do anything about it. I bet people knew about it and they didn't get in his face. Yeah, I want to know who knew about it. Because you know so, someone must have known something. I was listening to a good uh, podcast a thing from Patrick Lencioni who wrote uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And he was talking to a, a Catholic church and he said, you know who, who's terrible at conflict? The church because um, they're so used to being nice and, and we, don't want, we don't know how to have healthy conflict. And my guess is that creates a space for a controlling leader, a manipulator to come in and just completely push people around. Because the elders and other people are too nice. They don't know how to get back in his face and, and put him in his place. And it's usually a him. Well, is it? So, now I don't know if he was like that. But I'm just saying, what usually in these cases, there's people who know about it. And I, I, I understand. I was one of those people who was weak. I, I mean, I did eventually confront the guy and I was sent packing. But, like, could I have said something earlier? I'm just saying, like, there's people in positions of eldership and and power um and in the case of churches who have been given uh biblical mandated power to keep these pastors in line and i think they become yes men now a lot of these pastors pick the elders so that so then they're picking yes men but i think that's probably where it that's probably where it's first seen so in the case of him zacharias he was a ceo probably the ministry but there was there had to be a board Somebody must have known about this. Somebody had to have nothing. known, especially when he's in those other countries doing it. And what does it say? Evil it's... happens when good men do nothing. Is that or my masculine? I don't quote? know. I don't know. So I think that's probably part of it. Is that well? And um, if it's like, if and it's you... like, how do you like? Well, I'm sorry, you know, go ahead. Well, remember that whole theology that was like you're the spiritual leader. Yeah. You're the preacher and everything. You have the spiritual power to. Uh, tell people what to do with their lives and they have to do what you say. Yeah. 
So, like, there was a, a writer, his name was Watchman Nee. Yeah, yeah. And he taught that theology. Watchman. Which, I went back. Was it what a, was it called? The Watchman? No, I thought it was his first name, Watchman. His name was Watchman. How do you have a name like Watchman? But basically, was... one of our old pastors in Chicago, he had that theology, which yeah. was, I'm your pastor, and if you... If there's something that you feel God's called you to do, if I don't agree with it, then you must be wrong. Yeah, that you're not so hearing from God. You're he, not hearing from God because he I hear he from God better, for he, you. He has a better uh, direct line. Right. So when you have control like that, not only is it they, a lot of pastors feel like they get the say over your life. So then he could tell those women, I am a man of God. You have yeah. to listen to me because right. I know what's best. Who are you to have a voice? Right. And you're a woman. I'm yeah. a man. And I'm a man. And I'm a, I'm a preacher. Yeah. I have two strikes against you. Yeah. And I'm going to protect the reputation of Christianity and of the church and my own personal ministry. Yeah. Over you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do this... Uh, well, he's not going to out himself. But if the people around him, yeah. they're not going to out him either because they have to protect the, the entity. entity. They have to protect it. It's more important than calling someone out. And also, and this happens. And uh, yeah. uh, I've heard, I've had people literally sit across from me and tell me that they were raped by people in their church. Yeah. And these people were still. In their church, and the person never called them out. Yeah. And the people knew people being sexually abused and molested, and that other people had knowledge of it, and no one calls it out. Everyone protects everybody. This happens in families. Yeah. It happens in churches. Yeah. It happens in the Boy Scouts of America. Yeah. It happens everywhere. So I think. When stuff like this happens, it's rarely an it's no. In this case, it's an individual, right? Yeah. It's, it's Mr. Zacharias, right? But I'm saying, like, what happens is somebody misbehaves. The government response is usually fire them. Right. Uh, okay. Well, that I man, I'm not. Now, this example, I mean, if you do fire the guy, right? But I'm talking about like when gov- people screw up in the government, one person gets fired because we want a pound of flesh, and that seems to fix the problem. It doesn't. It's usually it's rarely one person's problem. There's a whole systemic problem that's gone on behind it. So in the case of him, yes, he was the problem, but there was a system that was built that allowed that to continue, and that's what doesn't get poked into enough. Like, why don't people see this? I mean, well, he's, he's he was an older man, right? He's probably in his seventies yeah. when he died. Yeah, it's like if you've been alive your whole your whole life, you've seen this happen. Like, isn't it just worth it to either a not do it if you claim to be a Christian, that's yeah. not a Christian way to live your life. Either A, don't do it, or B, why live a life like that where you're hiding it? Wouldn't it be just easier to throw in the towel and just go... Oh, I agree. I agree. Do uh, what you want I'm just want saying, to though, do. that we, we we could say that we're blue in the face, but, but these men who build up these empires and have this power and abuse it, um, we can, we can so beg fake. them. We can beg them to fix it. But what I'm saying is... I wonder if it, John Piper has got some stuff going that don't on. Be, that's not nice to be just... Um, well, I just wonder. Pick, it makes you, you wonder. Like, I don't know. Well, it can, my point is that if you... You have to maybe build a healthy system 
of checks and balances that can block that kind of behavior or spot it or call it out. And I mean, may, I, I do think, here's, what, I, here's what, oh, what I'm also thinking. A lot of the mainline churches are built to, to be able to contain, to not contain power, but to put it in its place. A lot of these old mainline churches are, are, are there so that if somebody misbehaves, there's somewhere else you can go above them to get it fixed. A lot, but, but those don't fix it either. Like the Catholic Church well, is a prime exactly. example. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, they, if everyone in the world should just look at the Catholic Church as a, as a prime example of why you don't hide these things. Yeah. You have to call these things out when, they, when, you're, when you find out. I mean, I hope if anything... That people in the Christian church or any type of organization that you're in, when you see these things happening, you have to call them out. You do. And actually, you you just destroyed the point I was going to make by giving that example. Because I was going to say when you have independent churches where the pastor is the mini pope of that church, it there's no accountability beyond that little church corner. Oh, you said a key word, accountability. Accountability. But then you just gave the example of the largest church in the world right. where we're still seeing cases of people protecting the institution and moving offenders around and destroying people. And So I was listening to something about North Korea this morning. Yeah. I was in a Joe Rogan podcast, and he had this guy on there who uh, writes about North Korea. And he had interviewed this woman who is a journalist, and she's from North Korea. She escaped through China, and this totally ties into what we're talking about because right. it ties into kind of cults in a way. Yeah. North Korea, you you could basically say, is one giant sure. cult. clearly. Because what they have to do is every week they have to stand up in school and they have to confess their sins, but oh, they don't no. call them sins. And this, oh my gosh... My head was about to explode because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is Christianity. Like, this is what we do in Christianity. It's the same thing. They have to stand up. They have to confess their wrongdoing. And then, because no one is good, it's impossible for anyone to be good. No one can they say they haven't. To? They're confessing to one another. Just one-on-one? No, in a group. In a group. They're in, confessing in, in a group in like school. And now I think if you're an adult... He, the teacher can hear this too. Yeah, and I think if you're an adult, this is just something that they do, that you have to do as a North Korean person Yeah. in that society. So, it's impossible for you not to do anything wrong. You always have to have something to confess. Okay, now that ties in with Christianity too. There is no good in us. We sin every day. Like we cannot not sin. It's impossible. And so then the other person that you're confessing to or the people in the room, someone has to stand up and say, oh yeah, I saw so-and-so do such-and-such, okay? Because you also have to tell on people, kind of. You have to tell on people. Yeah, you have to tell on people. And you have to have accountability too. And I'm not saying accountability is wrong, Accountability is good in a lot of ways, but this just like made my ears ring that it's like, oh my gosh, this is like Christianity 101 being played out in North Korea every day or even like, oh, and they make you go to meetings. You have to go to meetings to do this. And it's like, that's how like churches and And everyone's got to go. Everyone has to go. Churches and cults, they get you to go. Like, we had to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Yeah. Okay? 
In other churches, evangelical churches, you usually just have Sunday morning service and then maybe you have small group, which is way less. But in what happens in small groups? Sometimes you have confession. Yeah. Talk about what you've done wrong. You have accountability. You all bemoan the fact, ad nauseum, that you all suck and how much you all sin all the time. And then you have to hold one another accountable. And it's like a, it's like the self-perpetuating system that keeps people locked in to subservience to a system or an entity. And in North Korea's case, they are subservient to Kim Jong-il. Or it's Un now, but it used to be Il, right? I forget. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is a system. He What he's running is a big cult in that country. Yeah. And so what are you what are you comparing? Are you saying that Well, I'm comparing Christ, the fact all, that all Christianity is a cult? Well, I'm saying we have some of the he's using some of the same tenets that Christianity uses, confession. Yeah. You have to confess your sins because there's always something to confess. Yeah. Cuz you have to keep your allegiance to this is how you keep clean before the North Korean Communist Party. Yeah. You have to keep clean to it. No. Just like the Christian has to keep clean before God. Okay? And the North Korean cannot be without fault. There's right. always fault. Just like the Christian always has fault. You can't find a scripture in the Bible anywhere. You are with fault Do you think always. humans have fault? Yeah, of course we have fault. So that's not different. I mean, that's not a unique thing then. Right, but it's this constant... This Okay, so like since I don't pray anymore or read my Bible or get up and have quiet time. Yeah. I don't wake up every day and think about sins and stuff like that. I don't think about the world in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I do things wrong. I'm rude. I'm mean. But you're, open, you're open to feedback of judgmental that, that you thoughts. did something wrong. Yeah. yeah. But I'm thinking of it in a different way. I'm not thinking of it like... Would you say you're giving yourself more grace for your faults? Oh, totally. Yeah. Because I'm not like, it's not like I'm held to the system of like, it's a different mindset, right? Yeah. But my mindset is like where I have to be punished or I have to feel bad or guilty. And I'm not saying that I don't feel bad or guilty. I still have guilt or remorse about some things that I do, but it feels completely different. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Now, I, I will, I, I think... um there's uh, two things that I think are different in you're you're speaking from your context, right? So like the context I grew up in was that there is confession, but it's one on one to a priest who doesn't know your identity, and he can't tell anyone. And like the last time I went to confession in a Catholic church, which was uh, 10, 11 years ago, I found that to be extremely therapeutic because I was struggling with some serious hate towards an individual, right. and just actually talking to him. A stranger who he didn't know he didn't know I you know anything about me but right. he listened to the confession and there was something um I call, I found that quite powerful right. I'm not and, and one other thing because yeah. it's Ash Wednesday it was Ash Wednesday this was on an Ash Wednesday I went downstairs the next morning and um got ashes on my head yeah and as I stood and stood there and watched people they would kneel down before the priest and you are you are dust and dust you shall return I just was aware of my own frailty as a human that I will return to dust one day. So I did. I really want to spend another day 
hating someone. And I found that very like there, there's something right, about the tradition. That's bad. I so I think that's the difference in the case of in that context, the confession doesn't tie you to the entity. Well, that that, that may not. That's probably not true. I mean, I went well, as an outsider. I think right? it's so, a so different. What it is is it's a mentality, right? Yeah. The mentality, because see, Christians even like I grew up in a in a religion where we didn't do confession. At all? No. Ever? No. Oh, like oh. there was never mandated. I mean, the, you know, you would read the scripture that says confess your sins one to another. Well, did whatever. you do that? Ah, uh, we might talk about it or whatever. Like, would you ever go to your sister and say, "Hey"? I would blah blah blah. No, your but, da- I mean, would your dad ever go to Brother Joe and say, "Brother Joe, no. I, I've um, I wanted to no. confess a sin." But they okay. So like in that church, though, you get reminded all the time of how sinful you are, and how flawed you are. Yeah. Then when you transition out of that, you go to I went to the evangelical church where again you're reminded constantly of how sinful you are, and how much you sin, and how much you can't help but sin because you're yeah. going to sin. Yeah. You know, and then there's the whole thing about, you know, you're not going to sin. Christ gives you the power not to sin. But it's just this constant, it's a constant focus on your behavior. I had a question. And are your you, are mind. You, are you, were, in your background, wasn't your theology that you actually couldn't sin? You weren't capable of sinning because you had accepted Jesus. So you technically couldn't sin. Is that an idea? No, 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 no. That you wasn't... could always sin. Okay, I wasn't sure. No, you could always sin. It's just... I guess what I'm trying to say, I'm not being clear. I don't think I'm getting it through what I'm trying to say. Well, I keep interrupting you. Is that you're reminded so much of how horrible you are. Yes. I want to talk about that next too. That you and confession in the evangelical church, it's not the same as in the Catholic church. But it happens more on a voluntary basis. But in, where but when it you're is in a, a group, setting, yeah. Yeah. you could be like, praying after service or you could be in a small group or you could be just chatting with another couple and you will just willingly lay your stuff out there right because that's what christians do in a lot of cases we go like well i'm not praying as much as i should be i'm praying a little bit i'm not really reading my bible you know, there my is husband a lot and that... I were really not getting along. So I would agree in those small groups where there's a lot that uh, you've built this trust with these people. There's a lot you will put out there. Right. You'll put your stuff out there. And I guess what I'm trying to say is this, is that that is very much, that's very similar to what happens, what is happening in North Korea. Like it's a religion. Yeah. And I'm trying to say this is unhealthy. This Thank constant you. focus. Yeah. Of the self-evaluate, like self-evaluation can be healthy and positive. Yeah. It can also be toxic oh, I've seen, oh, and yeah, yeah. destructive. No, I've seen that. I've seen that. Okay. I've seen that take place. And I feel like now in my life, I can be, I can evaluate myself now in a way that is not condemning. Yeah. In a way that is not toxic. Yeah. Because I can recognize and say, gosh, you know, I was really mean to Brian yeah. I was, um, you know, and according to Christianity right now, the Holy Spirit is not living in me. Oh, really? But I still, yeah, because I'm not a version? Christian anymore. Nah, that's not that. Not but a, I'm having uh, my my conscious, yeah. my conscience. Oh, so you, you have admitted, that you're, I asked you last week, are you still a Christian? You said, and you've, I don't think you ever, ever answered the question. No, I did. I've oh, answered did it blatantly. Oh, you have said that? Okay. Yeah, go back and listen to several of our podcasts where I blatantly said I am not a Christian. I, if I tagged it properly i could find it um but basically where it's like 
No, I so. s- still have my own inner compass. Yeah. That points these things out to me. Right, right. But not in a sense of like. That's because it's the Holy Spirit sealed inside of you. No, it isn't, Brian. It's stuck in there. That's that's a theology, right? Okay. What about people who don't claim to be Christians and still do the right thing and still apologize? He's hovering outside. And of them. still give. If someone gives you too much change yes. at the grocery store, they give it back. Right. Or they yell at their wife and then they feel guilty and they go back and apologize. Yeah. You know what that is? That's called uh What is that? I'll tell you right now. Don't no wait for it. That is uh called uh general revelation where God's spirit is hovering over you and around you and drawing you to do good things. But then there is the case where it's specific revelation where you say uh, uh, the sinner's prayer and then the Holy Spirit's inside of you and then and then you go and um, open up uh, massage parlors. And oh my God. I'm just, that, that was silly what I said there. Well, I exactly, guess what I'm right? To get he to shouldn't like, have been opening up massage parlors if he was truly... There was a guy, a book I'm reading there, the guy was just saying there's some Christians who are just rotten people and he knows some atheists that are just wonderful people and it's just maybe it's just not as binary as we've thought it was right but you understand obviously you understand understand what that in christianity the rotten apples get eternal life and the good atheists get nothing right according to the theology yeah but i have to say that i feel liberated truly liberated i thought becoming a christian was true liberation yeah but it was actually soft bondage so you don't because it puts you it liberates you from like your big things i think kind of helps you figure out some things but then it puts you into a type of bondage that you don't really realize is there because you get a lot of good things that come along with it. Is it was it possible that it was a grow it was part of your growth journey and it was it was very helpful in that stage of life and now you're evolving into a different stage. No, actually I'm going to rethink that right now because I've answered that question as to yes. And yes, it did help me. Yeah. But when I look back at the beginning of my even the beginning of my Christian my Christianity, yeah. It's this uh I had so much shame about sleeping with people before yeah. I got married. What? And so, what? I was, just, I was trying to be funny. Yeah, I, Brian knows all my my Stories. past and okay. my history and all that. Go ahead. That I spent like four years getting over that shit. That should yeah. not have been four years. Right. That should have been nothing. That should have been like... Like you're thinking like, okay, that was dumb. That didn't get me anywhere. I'm right, working for something like the, deeper. Let me like, move on. If I had been just like maybe a normal person, Why maybe I would years? not. Yeah. Because you're like, you're oh washing my gosh. Off, washing off all it took. Did it take four years to wash off the stain of sin like Macbeth's uh, blood? Lady Macbeth or I don't I don't have never read the book. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like why? Or was that just me? I don't know. Was that just my experience? Yeah, I don't know. I will say though, like I, I had a lot of good. Uh, my first entry into evangelicalism or, or Christianity, born again Christian was very helpful but but also it wasn't it created a separation between me and my family and my friends oh so we've not have we talked about that we've never talked about that i've blogged about that's it, but a I haven't huge talked about one it. yeah to talk about um 
Yeah, it is. That's a good. That's another good one. So that was problematic, right? So while there was, and what we, I just want to say here that Brian yeah. and I are talking about our personal experiences. Yes, this is not the experience, obviously, of all Christians or and, all and people it's a in the slice, world. And, and I, also, I also want to say, it's, yeah, it's a slice of Christianity. That's why when you t- say Christianity, I want to pull you back and say, which part are you talking about? Right. But for people who aren't familiar with the Christian world, yeah. Um, I bet it's very interesting, potentially very interesting for yeah, them to so. hear about it, yeah. you know, um, and hear what it's like to be involved in so deeply in a system for so many years. Right. Yeah. That it, it truly affects every aspect of your life. Um, this, this might, I wanted to say something. This might be the, it's, uh, never mind. What? Say it. What were you gonna say? No, I'm trying to. Uh, so this is why. This is why I'm glad we don't edit because I would take me like five minutes to fix this whole just this section here. But we're not gonna do that. There was a guy at a church we went to once, and um, we were in the back. We were putting on this play, and he just dropped the f bomb, and he just it was so it wasn't like f you. Yeah. It was just very different. He said, "Oh no way, that's effing insane." That's all he said. Yeah. Well, he realized what he said, and people around him were like. Well, she said the effort. He got down and he was like, I'm so sorry. He went on for 10 minutes. Are you kidding me? I'm so sorry. It's like, come on. What's your effing problem, See, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was, right but, there. But, that, that, but I'm just saying, that was that. I also had people say, I am just a piece of trash. And they really banging themselves. And it's like, and it's like, um, and I, and, you know, I, it, and it, it, years later, like I, I, I talk to these guys, and I'm still seeing that. And it's like, oh, just you know. And then, uh, like one guy was real nice fella. He was he was just giving a music lesson on um, online, but he kept saying, again, all glory to God, and, and none of this is of me. All, it just it became such a distraction. So like, you just freaking well teach us how to play the piano. Yeah. I understand his mindset because in that place, God forbid you'd ever take any personal. Uh, you t- ever say yes? Thank you. you uh, take a bow and say yes. I, I'm. I've just performed this piece, and yes, you're welcome. There's so, this. The, you, people get so tied up with. It's all God. You can't. Be, oh, they got. Don't. It's all God. It's all the gifts He gave me. You can't. Uh, don't. Uh, you know, I, I'm stumbling over my words here. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it was consistent to the point where it was a bit neurotic. It's like okay, yeah, we get it's all God. Just mm-hmm. get over yourself. And you yeah. don't keep saying that. Just. Just, if I say you did a great job up there on stage, or thanks for the piano playing, just say thank you. Right, because when you're a Christian, you're supposed to believe two opposite things at the same time. That you're worthless and nothing and undeserving completely of everything, yet totally loved and totally deserving of everything. Like, And that God loves you and thinks you're yeah. amazing. You're supposed to believe these two things at the same time. Yeah, but and again, like here's the thing: when you say Christian, you're you're what you're really saying is is sections of the Protestant faith. Well, exactly. I think, and I think I've been very specific okay, about yeah, that yeah, yeah, in just, the podcast where I'm saying that. Yeah. This is not all sects right, of right. Christianity. Well, the reason I say that is because um, I've heard people say, "Are you a Catholic or a or a Christian or something?" And a Catholic, oh, but ca- Catholics, Catholics Catholic, aren't Christians. Catholic are person they? say, well, uh, "Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic." We talking about. But but usually there's like there's it's the Catholic lie. there's the Catholic part of the pie and then there's the Christian part of the pie right. which so really, really is Protestant of, part. A lot of evangelical Christians and other types of Christians will say that Catholics are not Christians, right? Right. Which is total BS. Yeah, it's been interesting to see to live on both sides of that. Yeah. 
When it, because it caught, do you feel like that caused you to separate from your oh, yeah, Catholic family? Oh, sure. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. It did. I started to demonize the Catholic Church. Yeah. Know? And I mean, now, in fair, I did too. And I, yeah. well, you know, growing up in the faith I grew up in, we demonized all other churches yeah. and all other religions. I'm very happy though that it, where the way it did. I think what eventually happened was I think I saw the beauty of it. It's not without fault, right? Even Catholics would, would say that everything has fault. Um, and well, but it's like uh, I got more into the monastic movement and, and started reading more Catholic writers when I was in seminary. So I mean, I feel closer to the church than I ever have in fifty years, to be honest. Yeah. Part of it is that you have. I think it's good to st- when you're born in a. You know, it's nice to step away from something. Um. But in fairness, though, there wasn't. The sermons were just boring. Like, you know, the reason a lot of Catholics have migrated over to the evangelical church is because they just were not engaged in the Mass. The ma- They didn't understand it. The, you there were going wasn't... to the wrong Mass then. What do you mean? Well, because I was Maybe. listening to, um, who was it? It was some comedian, but they were talking about these uh, Catholic priests. Oh, yeah. it was Bill Burr. Yeah. It was Bill Burr and... I forget he was talking to. Bill Burr is a comedian. He's from Boston. Boston, yeah. He's not from outside of Boston. Not Boston proper. But um, they were talking about the masses. And they had... So I guess some of the priests were um, were amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And they would like make these big pronouncements at the... You know, they would be like an MC or like a DJ at oh, the really? end of their oh, funny. homily. And they would just make these big... Yeah grand like dismissal sayings or whatever i can't remember what it was but um they were they thought they were oh he bill burr was saying it was like stand-up it was like his own personal stand-up the priest was amazing i'll tell you one thing there was a guy in dublin called father michael cleary and um there's another one actually it's sad he was well let me tell you when i already gave it away i went to hear him and he was i think he made me want to be a preacher because I watched him night after night, and he had people in stitches. I mean, people were just mm-hmm. bursting out laughing. Like, and he took—he was a risky comedian. Like, we're sitting there, and he looks over to the left. And there was always this woman who was in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. And he turns in the middle of the thing. He goes, "Look at that snob over there bringing her own chair." <laughs> That's good. Oh, she cracks up That's laughing. That's really good. She was laughing, and it's like, but like that could have that could have gone either way. Yeah. But he would tap into the Irish psyche, and we were it was. But then he would turn it. And then he would turn it into into a teaching part about about um, mass and the gospel. Who? What priest was this? Father Michael Cleary. He was a Dublin guy, and he was okay. he had a radio show, and he was um, he smoked cigarettes, and uh, mm-hmm. he took a, a bunch of the boys after after church into the into the school because I went to the start of the C school, which was connected to the church, and we all sat because I just want last night I just want the boys to come with me now and the girls. Was the boy? No, it was just the boys, I guess, because it was boys' school. So all the kids went back there. And he was talking about, he started talking about wet dreams. He goes, we've all had them. Yeah. And he, and sitting behind him is the Monsignor. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we've all had them, even Father Rice. And Father Rice just turns bright red. And yeah. we just lost it. Yeah. <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> anyway, but he was so dynamic. What's sad though is that um, years after he died, um, I shouldn't say another one. Because this is very, very different than the guy we just talked about earlier. But years later, he had a, he had had a child, a love child, with his with his um, lifelong housekeeper. Yeah. So they were well, in relationship together. And because the, the Catholic Church wouldn't you let him marry, let him yeah. get married. Yeah. So that that's sad. I, I do. So wish was he always priest, with her? I think it was monogamous. Yeah. 
and that's all I know. I don't know anything else behind it, but so I think that's very different than I'm not trying to draw well, a comparison when I said here's another one. So I apologize on that comparison. But anyway, he was yeah, he was a great uh, preacher. But there was others where it's like you know, so I don't know. I mean, I get torn because it, 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 you can have a great preacher and you get caught up in his personality and it's a cult of personality. And I think the way the Catholic Church is set up, it's hard to that to happen because there's several priests and you may like one priest more than the other but usually they get shifted around every seven years and i wonder if that's on purpose to i think it's every seven years like the methodist church does it too and i wonder if that's on purpose so you can't build a cult of personality mm, i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know anything about that so um what now i don't know well we did i want to talk about cursing and then not maybe not now, but cursing, and then I also want because I've been thinking about that, and then I also want to talk about uh, uh, the separation of family members. So, well, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about an hour? Leave it for next week. What time are we at? Sixty minutes, an hour and ten minutes. Oh, okay. Well, we could talk about those two things next time. Okay. P- potentially. Yeah, because I've been I've been reflecting on cursing. Just a little preview for next week. Yeah, just reflecting What's on cursing. Reflecting on cursing. What is it? What's that? What do you mean? What was yeah. your question? Yeah, cursing just gets blown all out of it proportion. Does. Like, well, there's well, actually a Netflix thing on the history of swearing. Oh, is there? It might be good. And each episode is about a different word and the history of it. Yeah. So it'd be fun to talk. I, I, I we'll talk about cursing because I had a cursing background because we lived in Ireland and. Um, that's right. You don't even notice it after a while. Like it's the efforts just run into a sentence. So you it's know? really technically not swearing. It's not really no. So, but then I had to drop that uh, when I became a Christian because that would have been noticed. And um, if somebody was cursing, well, well yeah, you have to not, feel you know, horrible about yourself if you say a bad word. I and, mean, and I wanna, that's I just wanna terrible. Dig, yeah, I want to dig out the scripture that drives that mindset. Yeah. Around do not curse. I think it has a different meaning, and it's not what we think. So we'll get into that, and then we'll get, we'll get into um, the separation. What well, you know, Jesus talks about some other scriptures taken out of context. I think where Jesus talks about unless you love me more than your family or something, where we take that out of context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not really see where it goes. You know, we know where it's going to go next week if we stay that path. Right. Well, I mean, those are only two things. We can talk about other things too. That's true. Well, guys, that's it for tonight. I hope you guys have a great weekend and a great week. Sorry for yawning. And, All right. um, yeah, we're off to go, what, eat? Yeah. Eat, do whatever, hang out for the evening. I'm going to watch uh, WandaVision. Oh, WandaVision. Came out today. That's kind of, I. Okay. you know what? Let's, let's do a little postlude on WandaVision, shall we? I could see you're just chomping at the bit. You know, there. I don't really watch Wandavision. That's your thing with the well, kids. Okay, let I'm me, not really into let it. Let me just give a one minute thing on that. So the first two episodes were very bizarre, very odd, and it's like, what is going on here? And then um, it's like an old-fashioned uh, sitcom. Yeah, featuring Marvel characters. Right. A black and white sitcom with with canned laughter, and it's like my first right. thought is uh, if you were watching like Leave It to Beaver or something like that. Very odd, and I was like, "What? The only way they can get away with this is because they know they have a guaranteed Marvel fan base who will sit through this. But if it, well, they didn't have that, it wouldn't last. Yeah. So that's now we're in episode five, and it's fascinating what's happening now. It was high risk to release those two episodes, 
and I hope people would stay with it. But now that I've stayed with it, I'm I'm enamored. Really? I am. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Oh, well, how many episodes has it been? I think five. Wow. So you're yeah. really into it now. It's like uh, it won you over. It did, yeah. It did, yeah. Okay. Because it's now they're going somewhere. But it just, they were, I was worried they were going to stay in that zone for the whole thing. And yeah. I would have been like, what are you doing? But they started in the odd zone, but they stayed a long time in this odd zone, two episodes. There yeah. was hints in the second one that that was going to go somewhere. So that, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I love it, is but it's, Iron Man and Incredible Hulk no, really going to be in it. No. All right, then I'm not watching. Already. So. I understand the Hulk. I think I like the, I like uh, Iron Man's my favorite. Iron he's, Man. He's dead. Robert Downey Jr. And Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Oh, that's why you like the Hulk. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk. No, because he's he's like he's like a nerd. He's, he's like great. A, he's, he's really good. He's the best. He's like doctor, a, the best. Um, he's like a Hulk. sensitive nerd guy. I I think it was really well cast. Yeah. All right. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Oh, which by the way, on HBO, if for anyone who has HBO, what was that one we watched? It was very intense. It was with him. He played two roles. He played oh, twins. Yeah. I don't remember. What it was, was it five called? words. Oh my gosh! It was anyway Would played you twins. That? Well, for the acting maybe, but it is very depressing. It's a downer. He plays a twin. It came out on then, Sunday night too, which is the worst time for downers. Yeah, the You're other twin down. has uh, bipolar. No, he's schizophrenic. Right. He so Mark Ruffalo plays a normal guy and a schizophrenic. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember the name of it. Should we yeah. look it up? No. Let me wait. Let I'm gonna look it Mark up. Mark Ruffalo, HBO. Yeah, it was very dark. They've already hit stop by now. Anyway, they've hit stop. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let me just go ahead and give it to okay. them. And then uh, there you go. Uh, feel free to reach out to uh, Bridget or myself. Oh, it's called "I Know This Much Is True." I know this much is true. Ba, 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 ba. That's what it's called. I know this much is true. So if you want to be really depressed and see some good acting while you're depressed, you can watch that. All right, the sun is setting, and this will be released early All right. morning. Ciao, you guys. Bye, y'all. Thanks Bye. for listening. Thank you for listening. Write a review. Yes.